Welcome back, Inebriate. Uh, this is your host, Andy, as always. Um, and uh, today we have, uh, I feel like, singer-songwriter. Is that like... Sure. Another another musician, uh, Shayna Hayes, um, who has a new song out, Sun and Time. And that's from her upcoming album, uh, Kindergarten Heart, which drops on February 23rd. Um, Shana, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So, um, you know, there's so many musicians and acts and stuff. I was not familiar with your stuff until, uh, you know, your PR reached out, but I was listening to it and like, I'm like, remind, like I was trying to, it was reminding me of someone I couldn't put my finger on for the longest time. And then uh, I'm like, oh, oh, she sounds like Fiona Apple. Like, have you ever gotten that comparison before? Ooh, uh, every now and then I kind of, I get Laura Marling a lot. Um, I'm not even sure who that is. She She's out of the UK, I believe. She's great. Um, yeah, you know, the folky, the folky, sometimes indie rock. Realm. Yeah. Usually, usually there are some buzzers in there um, that it reminds people of for sure. So uh, when did you start working on the new album? Was this like a uh, COVID project? I feel like most covid projects are kind of out now but so was this like pre-covid stuff post-covid stuff so this is like this is post-covid i guess like in truth it's kind of like a lot of the content of the album like lyrically speaking and sort of the themes of it are pretty much a response to kind of the covid thaw um, Mm -hmm. which is to say that this album got written and recorded like very quickly not not in a rush but it just kind of poured out um And yeah, so like it's called Kindergarten Heart. It's it's the themes. Obviously, it's not universal song to song, but the overarching theme of the album was kind of meant to be looking back on earlier parts of yourself, hence the Kindergarten Heart, sort of to like inform uh, the present, which for me was pretty important during the COVID thaw, meaning like as I was going back into the world, restrictions were really intense in Canada. So you we really were quite isolated for quite a long time. Um, so just kind of relearning how to, you know, lean into joy, lean into social situations um, and just kind of come back because everything felt a bit askew. So I guess the idea of the album is is looking back on memory, looking back on kind of earlier versions of yourself, either to help inform the present, um, kind of help you be in the moment, in the present to the best of your ability, or just, um, you know, to to uh cherish to look back on moments and be excited you know so that's yeah yeah. it's that that's really like i don't want to say perfect timing it's more of the time but it it is that weird time where i feel like people forgot what life was like before covid and like i've friends that work in the restaurant industry and they're like complaining about how busy it is. I'm like, this is normal. This is normal. This is how it used to be. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, people aren't as willing to go out and do things. It's, it's, it's a really strange time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of like reflect back on like, you know, how you wouldn't bat an eyelash about going to a music festival before. And now you're like, Oh, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I'll get tickets last minute or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Are you yeah. seeing that in the music scene up there? Yeah, totally. It's just, 
different, right? It's different economically as well. It's just mm -hmm. like people who might have at some point, especially musicians and people in the arts, again, here in Canada, were like pretty well supported, not, not across the board, but a lot of folks had support that they might not have even had pre-pandemic. Pre um, so kind of in the immediate uh, throes of it and when, when stuff first started happening, there was a lot more money uh, and it's it's becoming clear that you know that's that's drying up uh, both for individuals and also um, grants organizations as well. We're seeing there aren't, there isn't quite as much funding uh, for the arts, but yeah, kind of as you're saying, it's a little bit uh, tighter. But also, sort of as you are saying, just socially, people got so used to not not having the chance to go out, and you know, whereas pre-pandemic it was like you didn't really have to think about it. You were like, Oh, what are we going to do tonight? Whatever. Now it's, it's, there's work required to make the decision to go mm -hmm. do something that there wasn't before. And, and I don't think that's the case for everyone, but that's certainly the case for me. Um, particularly, you know, I'm a bit more of an introverted person. And when the pandemic itself hit, I actually made my first album. <laughs> so this is my oh, second really? one that's coming. So I, I had a pandemic album and it's already, it's already out. And, um, uh, out and about flying around um but i also uh when the pandemic hit uh i i had sort of started writing the songs for my first album um but didn't know what was going to happen i genuinely didn't have a music career at all i was farming that's what i had done i had gone to school for agriculture um i was working for a restaurant running their gardens and then the pandemic hit in march i was about to hit the field for this restaurant um, and restaurants had to close. And so there was oh. no reason for me to keep doing this farm, but I had just, you know, spent the winter twiddling my thumbs, like eager for this farm season to start. So I just hit the field anyway and started my own farm. So when the pandemic hit, I just kind of put my head down, hustled, started this farm, which I ran full time up until this past summer where music had kind of kicked off the first album happened somehow kind of randomly in the pandemic in the winter when i wasn't actively farming vegetables we put it out uh and it really it it did well and somehow now i'm switching but all that to say for me the pandemic forced me to really just work alone and lean into that introverted lean into that like not being social i just built this farm i did this thing i recorded this album I like, quote unquote, I think like thrived in that environment and produced a lot of things, but I am now finding like, I really do miss and need to be around people. And I have to relearn those muscles, you know, even though I'm the type of person who who can thrive in an introverted setting, that doesn't mean it was good for me. And I do yeah. still need to learn. So that's sort of where I'm at, right? It's like, I, I, in the moment of the pandemic, obviously it was difficult, but I am the type of person who who pushed through and was able to do stuff and enjoy what I was doing. Um, but yeah, we're we're all a little different after that. So yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and there's quite a few people I know who are introverts, and you know the the pandemic almost gave you more of a reason not to want to be around people. And and some of them I, I know are are kind of struggling to kind of regain that kind of social you know like you said it's like flexing muscle like being personable and having a good conversation isn't necessarily natural like it does take a little bit of practice um mm -hmm. 
so it's it's interesting to go from such like an isolated thing you know uh like farming to then be like on stage center of attention like uh, yeah like do your friends be like find one weirder than the other like that's such a like complete opposite it feels like yeah i think there are a ton of similarities but i think you really nailed for me the big difference between the two which is is when i'm farming nobody is watching me at all and i get to i still find it very creative Mm -hmm. i'm creating or at least i'm facilitating it to create itself um like it's very creative and it's really just kind of for me right and the music is also for me, I suppose, but there's nobody watching. <laughs> nobody watching uh, when you're doing the farming. That is right. but the, the music. The whole point is to be watched. And so that's, you know, I, I love making the songs, um, and and I am getting to a point where I'm enjoying the live performance more. But that was the big hurdle to get over. It was being like, oh yeah, people just want to watch you do stuff. Great. <laughs> guess yeah. we have to. Guess we got to do this. Guess we got to go be watched. Um, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm learning how to make sure I tap into the connection of it. it. It's a tough thing. It's not always, it's not always like easy to recognize how a performance is touching the people there, especially when it's softer music and folks might just be sitting there kind of wide-eyed, not making any indication of how it's being received. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, that's another kind of contrast between the farming and the music along the same lines is the the transaction with farming or at least the type of farming i was doing which i should say is vegetable farming it's like organic baskets so people would pay a membership fee and then they would once a week receive this like basket i'm sure sure. yeah 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 we have that um yeah our good friend farmer uh farmer david uh plato's harvest does that and he draw like you go to the local brewery and you know, he uses their um, recycled grains or spent grains or whatever. And then he drops off your bag at the brewery and you can go there and pick it up and grab a beer while you're there. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very cool thing. It's super cool. Yeah. Very community centered, which is like why it made so much sense to start during the pandemic. Everyone was kind of looking for connection. And so in any case, the, the what I was saying is the transaction of that, um, you know, exchange is, is so tangible and so obvious. And and in my case, very, you know, mutual. I'm very excited to give these veggies to people and they're very excited to receive them, very transparent. And then something like music where, you know, you hope it's you hope it's mutual mm-hmm. and you know, you do your best for it to be genuine and transparent, but it's so hard to recognize whether or not that's happened or to what degree it's happened. And so I guess the like, yeah, I miss the exchange being very easy to understand for me I, I miss the transaction being totally clear and and uh but again i'm kind of i'm trying to to lean in and, and try to like feel it in the moment and and be as present as i can and and enjoy that exchange yeah yeah it, it's something that you brought up that's interesting that i never really thought about is you know we talked to all sorts of musicians um from every genre and I don't really feel like their genres really exist as much as they used to. But um, you're saying how like you're like where you're kind of more folky, like where your audience will be kind of more sitting. And I think you use the term wide eyed. 
um is it weirder to like because a lot of times like if it's a rock you know hip-hop reggae or what you can feed off that energy from the audience when the audience is really engaged is it more difficult where like you know no one's being like you know that kind of (laughs) like are you missing that kind of energy it really depends i mean some folks yeah, it depends because some folks between songs will make it very clear that they're enjoying it. And that's yeah, great yeah. when that happens. Um, but it's not happening during the songs, I guess. Um, and sometimes it doesn't happen at all. And you're like, wow, this audience was very, you know, <laughs> I, I played a show really far up north in Quebec this year, really far, qu- quite far near uh, Val d'Or, which is like, um, yeah, it's kind of like an, I think an eight hour drive from Montreal. And oh, okay. uh, it was like in a park and the sun was going down and there were a lot of people there who were like lying on like picnic blankets, I guess. And some of them fell asleep. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Is that a compliment or an insult? Yeah. Yeah. I just like, wasn't quite again, able to like decipher what was happening in our transaction. Um, and I don't want to make it sound like everything is transactional. It's more just like, you know, the give and take of, of what we're doing. And, and right. you know, I, as much as I'm doing the, the music for myself and, and wanting to, um, you know, satisfy my own needs, I also want it to touch people and I want it to affect people. So when I say transaction, I don't mean pe- them paying for right, the, right, the right. music. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the, the, exchange. the exchange. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it is, I mean, that's, you know, part of why we do this podcast is when we talk to creative people, regardless of what they're doing, there's a bunch of similarities. And one of it is like, I do it because I want to put it out there and, you know, um, have it, in, you know, interact with people in some way, whether it, it touches them or they give a response. Um, but, and then there's also that kind of, you know, opposite where you're like i still do it for me and even if i didn't put it out i'd still do it because it's something i need to do so you're you you, you're kind of like that good example of like i'm an introvert but i'm on stage i i make my artwork but i want people to respond to it and i feel like that's kind of like the perfect example of like all of us creative people like we kind of we can love our work but at the same time just be like yeah but i really don't like this about it like we're we're very fickle (laughs) yeah for sure um yeah i don't know it's it's a it's a weird yeah it's a it's a weird thing to be doing it's also like weird that we're you know living in a time where you do have to market yourself online and and sort of like um a part of the transaction again is like some degree of intimacy like people expect to be able to like engage with you all the time and and see what you're up to and obviously there are like varying degrees to which artists do that but it Mm -hmm. it it just makes being a musician not just being a musician um which which can be good in some ways but yeah the I, i think it's a tough thing and each artist especially the ones that are introverted really has to like figure out how they're going to cater their career to their own needs with regards to that stuff. And yeah, it, it is important to, to figure out what 
things you like and what things you don't and which of those things are things you can learn to like mm -hmm. and need to put in the energy to do so. And I, it's all a matter of perspective. Like there's um, uh, always going to be something you dislike about your job, whatever it is you're doing. And it's just a matter of, you know, as much as possible, figuring out the balance so that your energy is the most efficiently spent, you know, and that you're getting as much as you can from it. Cause I think it's so different what each person is getting from it uh, as an artist. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, you brought up a great point where it's like, you know, people want that intimacy and um, kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, genuine response. And, and so they, they're not seeing a, a fake act that you're putting on. They mm -hmm. want you specifically. And it becomes like this. Well, how much of my life am I going to make public and put out there? And even if you are being genuine, you still are kind of, you know, I find this very much with the podcast is it's like, it, it's, acting's not the right term but there's a certain amount of like i've had days today's not one <laughs> but where you're like oh i have to record i don't want to talk to anybody but then you have to hop on and be like hey how's it going and mm -hmm. like performance it's yeah performance to some yeah. degree and and i'll have my friends like uh that know me pretty well and i'll be talking and they'll be like oh you're doing your radio voice i'm like i have a radio voice and they're like you have a radio voice and i'm like i don't <laughs> realize that and it's it it is that yeah and it's kind of with social media do you feel like you're performing more like not just on stage but um sometimes sometimes or like if I, I try not to and if i can get to a place where i feel like i'm not it usually takes a lot of work <laughs> like it takes i don't know it's it's tough i'm i'm figuring it out it's all so new for me um yeah, like my first album came out in 2022. This one is coming out now. It's all just new. Um, and so, yeah, it's not too laborious, but so long as we're talking about the parts that we don't necessarily enjoy about the job, the, the social media admittedly um, is the one for me. Not a yeah. big fan. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. And um the, the thing that um, marketing people keep telling me is that we need to do more video content. And I'm like, Ugh, the last thing I want to do is talk mm -hmm. more and put my face on, you know, our Instagram. I'm so bad with Instagram, but yeah, um, yeah like it's just at some point you're like, don't I do this enough? Like, aren't I? Mm -hmm. I like, know you need to do more. I'm like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> and it just becomes, and it, and it's so, first world problems you know totally yeah i have a really great job <laughs> i gotta admit i do yeah. um i get to talk to cool people and do fun things do you ever have that moment where you kind of are so in the moment that you have to kind of like remind yourself like oh yeah this is my job like i am working right now mm, like having so much fun that you gotta yeah 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 totally um I think, yeah, on tour a lot of the time, though, that's, I I tend to be the opposite, to be honest. I tend to be, like, um, uh, too too anxious and 
I'm not an anxious, anxious person, but I'm always kind of thinking about the next steps and did that sound okay? And was this, that like, it's a little bit harder for me to get into the moment. Um, Definitely. I have those moments for sure. You know, getting off stage sometimes and just feeling like we really, you know, um, we're able to give a good show. Um, Yeah. Touring, seeing these cool places, just like kind of, you know, my band are all like close friends of mine, just being like, we're just chilling. Like we, Yeah. We're chilling. This is so great. Um uh but yeah, it I tend to yeah, I tend to be leaning more in the opposite direction of being like you got to get in the moment. You got to get in the moment. This is this is your job, but it's also sick, you know, and you got to like lean in. Um do you have a trick to kind of cuz I mean, I'll get that. Way. I get my business partner it, it kind of jokes that he can like set his watch to my panic attacks. Because like 15 minutes before like any big event we have, I'm starting to be like, where is everybody? No one's here, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, it hasn't started yet. I'm like, I know, but someone should be here or in line or. And um, so I'm trying to get better about kind of like reeling that in. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have kind of like a trick to kind of like get yourself in the moment? Um, the thing that's coming to mind, I, I hope doesn't like insult anyone, but this is the thing literally that I tell myself Um which is when I was farming and I would get stressed out and something was coming up and I had to do the delivery or whatever under the gun for any vegetable related reason, I would say, it's just vegetables. Like, it's just vegetables. And now when I'm about to go on stage and I'm like, uh oh, I'm like, it's just music, man. It's it's just music. Like, yeah. it's just music. You're just going to play some tunes for 2,000 people. No big deal. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just music. If you fuck yeah. up, it's fine. Um, so that, that's that's my thing um but i mean that yeah. that's a great mentality to have because it is i mean part of what makes music great is it can change your mood and you know you know i remember from my 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 days back in you know high school band it was like you know you're 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 embouchure you're too tight on the you know you're biting too hard and that's why you're not getting a good sound. And like, there is a certain amount of like, you need to be relaxed and chill to, to play well. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's important. Yeah. It's tough though. You know, when you're like deep in it, it's kind of like, you know, that works. (laughs) This it's just music works to some degree, but yeah, it also does. I like, it's just vegetables. (laughs) I think I'm going to use that. Be like, it's just vegetables, man. Like, Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll just forfeit the term music. I'll just say it's just vegetables, just vegetables no matter yeah. what I'm up Yeah, against. yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just vegetables. It's all gonna, you know, it's not yeah. an artichoke apocalypse. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, all that to say, like, I, I've never quite quenched it, you know, like, I'm always still pretty nervous getting on stage, but but much better than I once was. And, and then always, yeah, the excitement is there. You know, and I'm just trying to be like, lean into the excitement. They feel the same. You've got the butterflies. You're a little jittery. Just pretend you're excited and (laughs) (laughs) pretend you're excited and you'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and and the gratitude is a big part of that. You got to like always be as grateful as you can and kind of practice that muscle, because then in those moments, you're able to just be like, you're about to do something that is really fun and great and you're going to be so grateful after looking back so just like be grateful now as you're about to do it you know yeah Um, yeah yeah that that kind of gratitude as far as like 
some someone else's response to your work, that's where I struggle the most, you know, where they compliment me or, you know, this means a lot to me. And, and my immediate knee jerk response is to kind of like play it off or like minimize it being like, Oh no, it's, it's just not, it's not, I'm just a big dope having some fun. I'm glad <laughs> you like it. You know, like it, it's, it's so weird to me when someone like, stops me and compliments anything that i'm doing because it's just you know like i'm just i'm just doing it man like it's not Mm -hmm. a big deal do you have that like accepting someone else's gratitude do you do you struggle with that because i mean two thousand people there's got to be people wanting to talk (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i've got you know deep irish uh shame and humility so i think like any compliments have always been a tough a tough thing to navigate for me. Um, but in the case of music, I, I kind of have an easier time. I like genuinely kind of believe that the songs often are just like an entity in and of themselves. Like I find that a really helpful viewpoint, both in writing and in moments like that, where it's like, I just feel like it's for the song, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we can both love, I can love a song I've written and have people also love that song and we can love it together. And that's sort of how I view it in those moments of people are coming up and giving compliments. I'm just like, yeah, right. Isn't, didn't, isn't that song great? <laughs> like it's not <laughs> even my song. Like I, yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. For some reason I don't, I don't necessarily feel like it's a compliment to me. I feel like it's a compliment to the music and the music, you know, it, I've written it, but it feels like often without sounding too, too uh, flaky, I suppose it, it feels like oftentimes it kind of just you're a vessel for it to be heard. And also there are so many other people involved a lot of the time in making something sound the way it does. So I, mm-hmm. I have never thought it to be like, Oh yes, me. That, <laughs> Thank I you. did that. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Very rarely do I put something out and feel like it's not something that I want to celebrate at the hands of everyone who is involved. Like, I feel like everything I do is is, um, a joint piece and I want to push it because I want everyone who was involved to to feel proud of it and feel excited. Um, Yeah, very rarely am I so precious about what I create that I would take stuff so personally, I guess. I guess it depends on the compliment. If someone's saying something very personal, then sure, I just blush and don't know how to talk. But (laughs) the standard ones. I've literally told someone, don't put that on me. (laughs) And it was was a compliment. I'm like, God, please don't say that. That, That's too much responsibility. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you mentioned of being of Irish ascent. uh, Myself am also. And... You know, it's I was thinking, I'm like, you know, why why is music such an important part of like Irish culture, either being from Ireland or descendant? And then I really thought about it. I'm like, wait, is it more than other people or do we just think of Irish people, you know, encompassing uh, us being descendants Hmm. as being more musical? I feel like Irish music is, is very specific and Mm -hmm. people are really passionate about it and it's very folky and but then i'm like you know all countries have their music i'm like are we do you so do you feel (laughs) like there's music influence because you're irish or do you just see this just being 
Um, I feel like it's probably not so like I, I think you're right. I think like everyone's got love for their music, but I think in the I'm just riffing on on this thought. We're just going. I'm just yeah, thinking. That's what we do here. <laughs> like my feeling is that, you know, because there there are so many folks of Irish descent kind of scattered all over the world as mm-hmm. you know that's that's how it uh, happened that's you know most people who identify to some degree as being irish have never been to ireland you know right yeah um, for sure yeah and i i think um i think there's just such a strong um uh degree of uh you feel like you're responsible to to your irish culture which mm-hmm. maybe I can't speak for other cultures, but maybe it's not as strong. I just feel like, like even particularly in my case, like I grew up on the East coast of Quebec uh, in a region that is very, very Francophone, but I grew up in a tiny community of Irish, um, Irish folks. And I'm, I'm like seventh generation. So it's really, and everyone still calls themselves Irish. And it's like in, you know, no one in six generations has been to Ireland. Like I get it, but like, um, and I think, yeah, I think there's this, um, it's kind of instilled in you to not forget your Irish roots. And I think with that being the case, music is particularly, is is a strong tool for doing that. It's a strong cultural tool. And I think there's just like, yeah, I think f- folks of Irish descent feel a very strong responsibility to hang on to it, particularly, you know, because there were such hard times when a lot of Irish folk did come here mm-hmm. um, uh, with the, you know, the potato famine and such it's like there was suffering we lost a lot of irish folks and now you have this strong responsibility to like hang on to whatever you've got and and you know i think with suffering comes some degree of of soul particularly with music and um and irish music i feel probably has a bit of that suffering in it so <laughs> yeah that's definitely a, a tiny uh, ingredient in the recipe is, is some suffering so that's my theory on the matter and yeah i think also in my case being from this like isolated irish community within a french uh uh, region i a part of why that that responsibility was so strong for us is because you didn't have much else to cling to it wasn't as if we were in the rest of canada or um immersed within other english-speaking uh communities we really were just we weren't Quebecois necessarily we were I am I do consider myself to be Quebecois now but you know amongst the rest of um the French-speaking communities around you you were like I'm Irish I'm Irish (laughs) here we go Um, I don't know if that really changes with the size being from the Boston area I mean totally everyone here is like I'm Irish and and the same thing like your great great grandfather's never been to Ireland let alone you you know and it, it but it is that kind of there's something about it where and you know and i'm not saying other nationalities don't have that you know passion um but yeah somehow it just feels more connected to music for some reason and whether it is kind of like comes out of like the struggle and and um it's always been a little anti-establishmenty kind of music and um you know the music of the working class and and i don't you know that just seems to like resonates a lot around here and um yeah so it's it's an it's an interesting experience um but yeah it's it, it is i've never been to ireland my parents were never to ireland 
But when I do my 23 and me, it was like, you're 93% Irish. And like, yeah, I know. I get (laughs) it. (laughs) That is not a surprise. Yeah. It's funny. I, so I went to Ireland a couple of years ago. Um, and unlike most folks where I'm from, I guess, like, obviously from my like, uh, viewpoint on the whole thing, just talking to you now, I have been like, listen, I'm not Irish. I don't know anything about it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to claim that I'm Irish. I'm not going to do that. And I went and, um, was immediately like really surprised at how I was, there were such similarities between the culture I had grown up in. And I like, despite all the generations, particularly in, in the like rapport and in the like, uh, interactions with the, with the folks there, there was just this like very particular combination of being very like proper and, um, kind of like, I guess like rooted in, in kind of Christian morals and beliefs, like this properness and this absolute vulgarity like the balance (laughs) the balance of those two things was just the only pocket i've ever known growing up where i grew up like that did not really get um diffused at all over seven generations i was just like you know the jokes hit and the the yeah just the vibe the vibe was untainted just the same so that was really cool to see uh that i'm like oh yeah no we're we're the same the yeah. accents softened, surely, but it's, uh, you know, I felt very connected to the people in a way that I genuinely went in not thinking I would. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And, um, we, we, I mean, we we are lucky enough where we have a lot of um, people who are first generation Irish around here. And other than a few times being like, wait, what did you say? It is, <laughs> they feel like they... I don't want to say belong here is not the right term, but they, they, you're right. It, it is that kind of, they're no different and they have that absolute vulgarity is kind of that. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, or when you were there, were you touring or do you have an interest in touring over there? Um, no, this was like a while back uh, before, <laughs> before my very recent music career started. Uh, no, I was just there with a friend. Just, yeah. um, just checking it out. It was real quick. I got to get back because it, it was uh, a quick too fast. trip to Ireland. <laughs> a quick, That's actually, crazy. You know what? I was there. Um, I was in the UK. I, I went to Ireland on my own afterwards, but I, I was actually there in the UK nannying for a band that was on tour. Um, so I was nannying. It's my, my brother-in-law's band. So I had just toured kind of around the UK. And then once I once that job was over, I, I flew over to Ireland with a friend of mine. And so it was quick because I was just trying to fit it in amongst this this existing yeah. thing. So well, that yeah. sounds like a good gig. I mean, it's a good gig. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. So I'm going to ask this one question because this is also one of my favorite things about doing this podcast. And it's not one that I ever plan to ask, but I do ask it a lot. What are you listening to that I should be checking out? Ooh. What am I listening to that you should be checking out? Um, to be honest, right now, <laughs> I've been checking. I'm not in a in a big listening phase, but the the last stuff I was listening to were kind of some albums of of people within the Montreal scene uh, mm-hmm. that came out in the fall. And this... the Montreal scene's crazy. We get a lot of people yeah. from up there, and it is all over the road. <laughs> yeah, I it's... love it. 
I mean, we love the arts up here. There's yeah. a lot of support for the arts. There's a lot of, yeah, it's just, it's just vibrant. There's a lot going on. And, and especially in Quebec, um, the public is extremely, um, extremely attentive, like language aside, like the, the public here is really interested and curious and, and that helps a lot. Right. So it's not just, mm -hmm. it's not just the artists who are stimulating their own, um, tiny community. There's also like from, from people outside the arts community, a lot of interest. So that's great. Um, so yeah, one artist from here that, that I love and who's, who's kind of a friend, uh, her name is Helena Deland, H-E-L-E-N-A-D-E-L-A-N-D. -E -E um, folky, uh, beautiful. Her her previous albums are a little more kind of like indie, uh, mm -hmm. kind of bedroom pop stuff, but she just put out a really stunning folk album that I've been listening to a lot. Um, yeah, that's the top of my current list. Uh, and I would have to give more thought to more, but that's it. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, that's, you know, I was... As long as I have one to go check out and <laughs> you know, with with yourself, then I'll have another. Um, but uh no, it's been a lot of fun, man. Like have a good time. Um, so now we gotta do all the the stuff that we're required to do. Where can people go to get um kindergarten heart on February twenty-third? Yeah, so it's gonna be available everywhere that you generally can listen to music. Um, all the, the normal streaming platforms and <laughs> Band, exactly Bandcamp. Band are you gonna be on Bandcamp? gonna be on Bandcamp. gonna be gonna be everywhere um and there's links to everything everywhere so you can find me on instagram shana hayes i'm sure you'll have the spelling somewhere for folks to see yes um, yeah yeah you just google shana hayes you're gonna find it and i have a website which is shanahayes.com uh and it'll be there as well so yeah excited to put this one out yeah excellent and least favorite vegetable oh Gosh, no, <laughs> no one ever asks the least favorite. What a great question. Let me give this all the thought it deserves. Because I'll give you mine and it'll probably blow your mind. Okay. Uh, my least favorite vegetable is going to be... Oh, no, this is so hard. I don't want to... Okay, it's a turnip, like rutabaga. Okay. Rutabaga. Not turnip like hackeri turnip, turnip like rutabaga. That's my least favorite, um, which is a very, very like non non controversial answer. No, I don't feel like any, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's some lobbyist out there that's really angry right now. But uh, mine's corn. Don't like corn. <gasps> I know, right? Friend, corn is the best. But yeah, I feel you. It's I, okay. I You're not the I first just, I've met. I just don't don't dig it. Like if it's mixed into something. Yeah. Fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, people be like, you want corn on corn? Be like, nah, no. Interesting. All yeah, right. I, know. I never for forget when someone tells me they don't like a certain vegetable, I'll clock you for the rest of your life. Because <laughs> I, because with the baskets, like I had to know because people. Oh, would get, sure. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have to know like some of someone who is professional would be like, that's not my concern. You're going to have to deal with that on your end. But I was like, oh, so and so doesn't like onions. I can't give them onions. So I, I really like um I always remember when someone doesn't like a vegetable, so yeah. I won't forget anytime soon that you don't like corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time you come on, we you know we can talk. Perfect cor corn recipes. Um, Shana, thank you so much. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and we want our listeners to go check out uh, Shana's new album uh, and your song "Sun and Time" is out now. It's out it's on, now. That is on the YouTube. You can go check it out. 
And um, yeah, if you come come down to Boston area on tour, let us know. We'll uh, for sure the show. Come play some uh, retro video games. Heck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, our our Plymouth area is a huge hotbed for music, so there's there's plenty of places around here. So cool, man. Thanks so much. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. And listeners, we'll catch you guys again next week. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns. Or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.